Welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Incense and Sensibility by Sonali Dev. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. We're proud partners of the Frolic Podcast Network, a community made up of your favorite voices in all of Romancelandia and beyond. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Hi everyone! Are you under 30? Do you love Jane Austen? Do you love film? Do you live in North America? Our stats point to yes. You should enter the Jasna Southwest Young Filmmakers Contest. Create your own 5 minute or less short film inspired by Jane Austen. We have an amazing panel of judges including Amy Heckerling who directed Clueless. Oh my gosh, love that movie. Gurinder Chadha who directed Bennett Like Beckham and Bride and Prejudice. Are you kidding me? Laura Rister, producer of Mr. Malcolm's List. Almost made it to set. Suzanne Elaine, who wrote Mr. Malcolm's List. Phenomenal guest. Sonali Dev, author of Incense and Sensibility and Recipe for Persuasion. One of the best authors out there. And Ty Burr, film critic at the Boston Globe. Love Boston. The deadline to enter is October 1st, 2021. You can get more details about the contest and prizes at jasnasw.com. Now, back to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a really exciting and second to last episode of this season of the Pemberley Podcast. We have come so far. It's been such a great book. It's been been a great book, and we're really coming to a peak here because Sonali's really like leading us on to the very end about how everything is going to wrap up. I mean, I feel like a lot of our characters are kind of suspended right now. They're in that agonizing transition period of this their uh, situation. I don't even say things are getting wrapped up in this episode. They're going to take a sharp downhill turn. (laughs) And then it'll obviously go back up at the end, but we're we're tipping over like that roller coaster point. Yeah, we're almost there. Why don't we talk about what it is that we're reading and watching? What have you been watching? I watched all of Love, Victor season two this week. It's on Hulu. It's just picking up Right, really where season one left off. It's a fun coming of age dramedy. It's set in the same world if you watched Love, Simon, the movie, or have read the book by Becky Abertali. It follows Victor, who after season one, he's really come to terms with his sexuality. He realizes that he's gay. And so season two is really following his next chapter of being out and also having his first boyfriend. (gasps) publicly. That's big. It's navigating that, uh, his friendships, family life. His parents are struggling with it a little bit because they grew up a little more conservative and they're also trying to navigate how do we support our son and they kind of take it in different ways. So it's very cheesy at times, (laughs) (laughs) but that's what's so fun about it. That's great. We (laughs) all need a little cheese in our lives. Yeah, yeah. It's more of the fun of those characters. I will say I immediately recognize one of the coffee shops that they show. I'm pretty sure they use just the exterior. And I got immediately annoyed with myself because months ago, there was a production that basically took over the downtown area. Mm. And you just saw the filming trucks 
everywhere. You know, you just think, oh, it's a production, Mm -hmm. whatever. You don't think about what it could be because you're just never going to find out. Well, part of living in LA is we, as a society, a subsection of society, have an obligation (laughs) to be so blasé when we see filming trucks. Just like, typical Tuesday. You know, like, it's not cool to be like, oh my god, who's here? I know. Let me camp out here. Now I know that if more filming trucks take over town, because they did get renewed for season three. Mm. Mm, okay. That I will keep my eyes peeled. What are you currently reading? So I uh, plowed through a book recently that's, it's a romance novel that's been out for a couple of years now. It's called Evie Drake Starts Over by Linda Holmes. It's basically a story about a woman who's in her 30s and she's just been widowed. She lives in this small town in Maine and everyone's very much like, are you okay? Are you all right? And what we learn eventually is that the day her husband died, she was planning on leaving him because he was not the best person in the world. She basically has a sort of guest apartment in her house that she rents out to this baseball player who has basically gotten the yips. He's lost his stuff, his ability, and it's humiliating and he's tried everything and nothing works. And so Mm. he just needs to get away from New York City. He moves in and they have an arrangement. He's not going to ask her about her dead husband and she's not going to ask him about his failed athletic career. But do they actually stick to this (laughs) promise or do they cross lines and fall in love? We don't have the answers (laughs) at this particular juncture. but if you finish the book you will get answers. (laughs) That sounds great. I feel like this is in some romance novels, but should be in more just the like, you know, brushing her hair behind her ear and like Mm. cupping her cheek. I very much enjoyed all of that kind of (laughs) like good descriptors of like sweet romantic moments. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. It is nice. I guess it's as good a time as ever to jump on over to Incense and Sensibility. Previously in the book, Now that Yash and Nina's engagement is public, Yash is struggling to figure out how to undo the lie that he started 10 years ago, and India is struggling with how to feel about this. Nina basically cornered Yash into an engagement on live television, and she's been like, my fiancé, oops, did I say that? You know, one of those. It's interesting, because Yash and India haven't been dating they haven't been they've been seeing each other in a quasi-professional capacity but india is really struggling with how to feel about this because she wants him and she loves him and she just can't shake the fact that there is like even if he's not cheating on nina with her the dishonesty is still very upsetting to her because she's just so in touch with herself you know it's a little bit of betrayal a little bit of yearning and she's just, she's actually going through it. So not only is Yush put her in this position, but we check in on Tara who's undergoing really rigorous treatments for her hepatitis. And she's just exhausted all the time. Like the word that Sonali uses in there is sedated. She Mm. wants to help. She wants to be productive. She wants to help make the incense, but she just gets so tired so quickly. And Dia is also managing her sister China's situation because as we know, China has quit her job and just flown to South Korea to be with Song. Song did not ask her to do this. There nope. was never any conversation about, oh. wouldn't it be so cool if you came here? Things are not going the way that uh, China had hoped. She's basically holed up in her hotel in South Korea. Song wouldn't pick her up from the airport. She's barely spoken to her. She went all that way, and they're not really together. I think it's a lot of like what we talked about before, which is 
China has built up a lot of this relationship in her head too of like what's what are the next steps and where are we going and mm -hmm. if Song has shown a little bit of hesitation China is jumping all in uh, because she is Marianne. She's going to jump mm -hmm. all in and go all out. And so she did this, what she felt was like this bold romantic move, which it is. It is to it is bold. drop everything and go to South Korea and expect for Song to be like, oh my goodness, you're here. And now we can finally be together. But she didn't pick her up. She's not answering her calls. Things aren't looking good. Another thing I remember her saying at some point is, I can, you know, I have enough love for the both of us. Yeah. Which if you have to say, for all <laughs> you listeners out there who are in situations like that, where you're with someone that you're crazy about, and you convince yourself that you have enough love for the both of you, mm. you don't. <laughs> and it's tragic. I mean, she's she's crushed and there's nothing that she can do about it, you know? Yeah. India's walking uh, in downstairs into her home, sitting on the floor of her home is Yush Rajay yeah. cradling Chutney, which is very cute, but I really gotta say, the fact that he, she just goes downstairs and he's already in her home, it does concern me. So he didn't leave from their last conversation. He's still just there. Wow. And so she had gone upstairs, had this whole other life in conversation, comes back downstairs and he's just there <laughs> cradling Chutney still as like a security blanket, if you will. And she's like, you're still here. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason he's still there because mm -hmm. he now wants to have the conversation, mm -hmm. which is to tell her the truth about everything. And I think even India's like a tiny bit hesitant because she's like, no, like, well, how is this going to change anything? But then she hears everything. And so this is really where things take a turn for them. I feel like they've had a lot of conversations about his career, about his insecurities, his confusion over, I used to be able to do this, it was my lifeblood, and I, yeah. I can't do it now. Yeah. So he really opens up to her. He opens up about what his relationship to Nina was when he met her 10 years, or when they knew each other 10 years ago, and when he met India, how she made him feel the night that they met, and they had that very romantic night in the gazebo, and basically kind of explains how he and Nina fell into a lie. He opens up about his sexual assault and how that really like changed his perception of love and intimacy for him. And Nina was there and she stood by his side. Yeah. And it was just easier to convince people that they were together. And that's why he wasn't dating as opposed to the fact that he didn't feel comfortable moving on with anyone else. Maybe it's just the magic of Chutney, but like Yush finally <laughs> being able to say his feelings is like, he really just got to a point where it's like, it's now or truly never. Good for him that he was finally able to tell someone other than Nina the truth. And I think he's finally coming to the conclusion that he can't lose India. Yeah. I feel like up to this point, the only thing he's ever had to lose is his career or this yeah. election. And now he's got something else that he wants more than anything and he can't afford to lose her. You know, it's great that he opens up to her and he apologizes for taking the easy route, which I will say, I'm sure it felt easy at the time, but then it got much, much harder because he hates lying to everyone. Yeah, because I mean, he does acknowledge like it is like losing her now is losing her twice, you know, like so he knows what it feels like to have lost her. He's he's laying out everything and being super vulnerable with her. So yeah. They have made progress. <laughs> they have. Because I, I think up to this point, she kind of thought, is Yush like scummy? And he's yeah. seeing this woman and he's been with her for so long, but he's coming on to me. But yeah. she knew that wasn't right because she's like, but Yush isn't a liar. He's yeah. not creepy. So like she knew she was missing something 
Now she's not missing anything. And we jump to chapter 23. Yush is determined to set things right. He feels like he's got a new lease on life. He's gonna throw away the entire election for her. He's gonna throw away like his entire political career. He's just ready. He's like, I'm done with the lies. I'm ready to be with India. So this, these are the steps I'm gonna take. We're gonna tell everyone, sure, I'll tank in the polls, but I don't care. Which is like, wow, he's, he's really just ready to move on right now. Yep. And there's only one thing that could possibly take the wind out of his sails. Yeah. Which actually ends up in, like, it's really good news. Abdul wakes up. Yeah. Um, his bodyguard who took a bullet for him and has been in a coma for, like, weeks, actually. Um, and the doctors have been, like, really unsure. He hasn't even met his baby daughter yet. He's awake. Uh. Yash rushes to the hospital in true rom-com fashion. And, you know, he's holding his new baby girl, surrounded by his family. And he's in a great mood. Which I think is phenomenal because yeah. he just lost weeks, very important weeks of his life. Almost didn't make it, did. This has been like the moment Yush has been waiting for, really. Like ever since that incident happened, he's just been holding on to the hope that Abdul is going to make it. And so finally he's like, great, he's awake. He rushes to go see him. It's like this amazing news. Like even people outside the hospital like erupt in applause. Mm -hmm. But then Abdul and his wife go into like this speech of like, yes, you're doing so great in the polls. You're the hope and you're the inspiration. Like this incident happened because there is still that hatred, but you represent this new chapter in California, in the world. And then he's, you just slowly start to really understand that like all the hope that Yush had of like throwing everything away. He's like, I can't do that because it's not only throwing away, yes, everything he's worked toward, but all these people who have believed in him for so long, this man who literally risked his life for him. It's not as simple as that moment that they had of like, yes, I'm going to throw away everything. It's now like, what is the gravity of that decision? I mean, he's always known, but he's, he's seeing it in the way that means most to him that so much of this is not about him. Abdul holds up his daughter and he's like, she's gonna believe in the next like generation. And you're like, oh no. He literally <laughs> says, when I was hired by the security agency, I told them no politicians. I don't want to guard any politicians until I met you because oh. you're the real deal. He's just like the biggest example of like why Yush does what he does. You know, it, it's not just like, oh, I need to, it's not like a Kennedy thing where he needs to be, he needs to win the office because that's just what they do. He is sticking up for people and he's representing people. And yeah. he really feels like he's caught in this position of it's either India or it's the election. Yeah. There, he really doesn't see a path where he can have it all. Yeah. It's a 10 year long lie where he's like, how do I undo this? Yep. How can you undo it? So it's easy to understand why he feels like there is no other way at this point. Yeah. And then we jump to chapter 24. We're back with India, who is relieved to hear that Abdul is awake and doing well. Does she know the sort of turmoil that's been <sighs> happening inside of Yash? No, she does not. But that is okay. She has an immediate, a more immediate issue come her way that she needs to deal with. <laughs> just Sonali just really hits us with all the devastation <laughs> within yeah. a few chapters and you're like, no, can no one win? Can no one be in love? Uh, I wasn't lying about that down, that plunge on the <laughs> oh, roller coaster. Yeah. It's real steep. China comes back home, which is a surprise to them all because they were like, oh, you were coming back home? 
no, you didn't tell anyone because she is devastated because uh, Song just didn't even acknowledge her. It's it's actually really awful the way that Song did this. Not a fan of Song. If she nope. were a real pop artist, would uh, unsubscribe, wouldn't be a fan anymore. Exactly. Things went horribly with Song in South Korea, basically. Uh, not only did she not acknowledge her, but she introduced her to her team as a fan. Like she, a crazy person yes. who like followed her from America. She truly framed her like a fan and she even had her team sit down with China and be like, so there are stalking laws and like really try to lay things out and it was this very like sterile professional conversation. I'm sure China is looking to Song like, are you gonna say anything? Like what's going on? What's happening? And she doesn't even acknowledge her as anything more than a fan. She was a fun thing in America is really what she said. We don't like Song right now. We hate Song. (laughs) There's honestly a part of me that wonders, you and I are both reading for our book club, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, where, you know, basically takes place in Hollywood in the 50s, where like, you were owned by the studio, and Mm. they did everything for you. They set you up on dates, (sighs) they served your divorce papers. And there's a part of me that feels like we're back there, where Song is like, could you take care of this uh, stalker for me? And they're kind of like breaking up with China for Song. Obviously, we're not going to see Song's perspective on this at all, but there could even be a situation where her team knows there is potentially something between them. We are going to stop it before it gets serious because for Song, unfortunately, she feels like she isn't safe to come out because that could be devastating for her career. Song does have her own reasons, but she's not willing to risk it all, much like Yush is also not willing to risk it all for this great love of his. We love very much the Sense and Sensibility movie with Kate yeah. Winslet and Emma Thompson. And that's a really heartbreaking scene with Ugh. Marianne where, you know, basically Willoughby was about to propose and then he's like, actually, I have to leave. Can't say why. Can't say anything. Months go by. She doesn't hear from him. They once cared about each other very deeply. She sees him at a ball with another woman. I hate woman. that scene. Willoughby! Good God, Willoughby. Will you not shake hands with me? How do you do, Miss Marianne? Willoughby, what is the matter? She's even willing to, like, see him as a friend, you know? She just wants, she sees a friendly face, and then he's just with this other woman, and he's like, hi, this is my wife. My wife and I will be going over there. And it's just so devastating, and you learn that it's because his aunt wouldn't have let him inherit the money if he had not married a high-born woman, and his way of dealing with it is to just act like she's not real. It's disgusting. And that's exactly what she's doing. Song is our Willoughby. But what's this? Two seconds after China just breaks down. I don't think this happened, but in my mind, Brandy literally breaks down the door and just like, I don't know. I just like, in my head, she like enters in a flourish. You know, she she does. She's not like, knock, knock. Is anyone like, she bursts in there and she immediately sees China just in tears, and I think she knows exactly what's happened because she predicted that this would happen several chapters ago, yep. and she does a pretty great job of comforting her, even though they're not, like, close friends yeah. yet. Yet. Basically, the other reason that she really burst in here is because no one can find Yush. He's been missing right. for hours. Yeah, so he 
had went to the hospital. They know things went well at the hospital, but it's been four or five hours and they're like, so no one can find him. Uh, we don't know where he is. India has a great idea of where he might be. Mm-hmm. So she goes to like this random place in the woods, which is where Yush had taken her all those years ago after Nisha's wedding. And she has, she's like in flip flops. She is going through this California desert and, and hiking up this trail. She's a yoga girl. She yeah. wears flip-flops. She finds him and he's just been torn. He's devastated because he's like, if I go back down this mountain, I have to face the reality of the decision I have to make, which is to, I can't be with India. Mm-hmm. And if I just stay here and avoid my problems, I'm fine. Obviously, that's not the way to handle no. things. But in Yush's defense, that is the, in the moment, that is, that's my favorite kind of yeah. problem. That's my method of, my favorite method of fixing things. Of like, I'll just stay right here. And as long as I don't look at any emails, and as long as I don't talk to anyone, this will just resolve itself. Yes. <laughs> uh, that doesn't ever happen. No. Um, but, you know, she finds him. And her feet are all cut up from the running in the flip-flops in the wilderness. And he's so sweet. He takes care of her and he pours water over her cuts. And she's like, I'm fine. He takes off his shirt. His shirt. He's removing clothing to preserve her personal safety. Um, Even though he doesn't seem like a a wilderness explorer himself. Uh, (laughs) He's not much of that. He seems like a very indoorsy guy, but he's still doing his best to take care of her. They basically have a very intense, tearful, like he has to face his problem. His problem literally comes running after him, confronting him. She knows that he's not going to win this election if he publicly breaks up with Nina to be with India. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And so they just, they both sort of quietly realize that they're, they're kind of losing each other. That they can't be honest about their love for each other. Yeah, there's no scenario where, like, he holds out and breaks up with Nina afterwards. Like, that still looks bad. So whether it's before or after, it's going to be a bad look. And there's too much at risk right now for the election. So he sees no way, no clear path toward winning and being with India. And she also understands. And we're going to jump also into chapter 25. So Yash and India... In the wilderness, longingly looking at each other, just sort of knowing that they have to give each other up so that Yush can win this election. It's a very intimate moment. Yush has a lot of scarring from his accident when he was a teenager. He has never let anyone see him without a shirt on. And he takes off the shirt to show him her scars. And it's a very vulnerable moment. Yeah, he lets her like touch the scars even. And he's never been this vulnerable with her. And I think there's some, there's a line about intimacy too. Like it wasn't so much just around being physically intimate, but it's also like this emotional intimacy together. And I think that's really what even opens themselves up to each other even more. And they both are just at this crossroads where they feel like they can't move forward together. Yush wants to stay within this nice little bubble of up in this hike or trail, wherever they are. And India knows, no, we have to go back to reality. We have to go back to our lives because she also knows, like, I once we go back down, I know I have to deal with this heartbreak, essentially. So they have this one final kiss uh, against her car, and that's really how things end. Yash even has this line that he says on page 337, I had pushed myself inside a box so I didn't have to deal with myself, so I could be the person everyone saw in me. You let me out. 
I'm not afraid of myself anymore because someone like you can love me. Mm. Isn't that just so tragic that he yeah. he feels like he really knows who he is and what he wants for the first time in his life. The second he realizes who he is, he can't be that guy because that guy's not going to win the election. Personal tragedy. Yeah. Just deeply wounded emotionally. And physically. <laughs> and her, physically. Her poor feet. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's, I, I think there's a, Sonali does a really interesting thing where she talks about physical and emotional scars throughout yeah. this whole oh, yeah. book. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense that this is a very emotional scar. Like it's, you know, he was in an accident. He was hit by a car. A lot of physical healing had to happen. He had to teach himself how to walk again. There's still a lot of internal scarring from that that he has not recovered from. He and India have a really emotionally intimate relationship, which is like a really huge deal for him. It's like it doesn't matter because they once they leave this wilderness area, they can't be together anymore. So we have one episode left. We are near the end of this book and there's still so much to go. <laughs> Hopefully things really pick up and get <laughs> way more happy yeah because everyone is just at their darkest point yep. china has been brutally dumped india and yush cannot be together it's just bad all it's around bad stay tuned for next week where we wrap up discussing incense and sensibility it'll be happy i promise it'll be a happily ever after <laughs>